Previously recorded in both Murfreesboro and Chattanooga, Tennessee, this is NFLs, a production by Next Season Sports Media. Hello everybody and welcome to NFLs. It's a tube of mystery meat wrapped in some sort of like skin thing and boiled in water. My name is Jacob Wilkinson. <laughs> My name is Drew Wade and it's so good to be back with you fine people for another week of football talk. Fine. Uh, fine. Hi people. <laughs> fine. You guys are, you're fine. <laughs> uh welcome yes i i'm excited to be here i'm excited to talk to these teams um there's not been a lot of news we got a lot to get to get into so until until the other shoe drops on the deshaun situation i want to yield the time of our news segments and get right into these power rankings for these next couple episodes yeah seems pretty likely that it could drop at 8 30 eastern standard time on a thursday but we're gonna press on regardless very very true tonight is our last opportunity to talk about the nfl in a world where we truly have no idea what's going to happen in this situation so also i just said thursday it's wednesday oops anyway (laughs) let's get into talking about the most exciting half of the league the bottom half the bottom half yeah so we're gonna do our annual this is the second time we've done this our annual tra- actually no i think we've done this a few a few years in a row i think two years ago we did like tears rather than a power rankings episode yeah that makes sense um our annual preseason team uh accounting episode <laughs> this year specifically a power rankings second annual power rankings episode we are going to go through team by team we have sorted them out. We each made our rankings and averaged them together. Um, and we'll talk about the teams in order of the averages. Uh, we'll each mention where we had them personally, give our thoughts on those teams. And I and I just want to say, like, we always make jokes about doing this episode first and how boring it is. The fact of the matter is there are 20, maybe upwards of, like, 23 max solid teams in the NFL we are going to talk yeah. about at least one playoff team today and potentially even, like, a division winner. Like, there are some good teams in the bottom Yeah, half. when I was making my power rankings, I started back to front because that's how we were going to record the episodes. And at one point, I was just like, man, I don't know who belongs down this low because all the teams that I was thinking of just – I didn't think they belonged where they ended up falling for me. So mm-hmm. uh, pretty hard to put them together, in my opinion. I think there's a lot of – stuff up in the air for the NFL this season so for sure maybe maybe we're in for some parody outside of like the top upper echelon teams almost um, every team in the teens I think you and I both spoke pretty highly of in like our divisional episodes that we just did yeah. so like yeah I, I feel really good about the whole field and doing this task kind of made me realize just how true that was so I'm excited to get into it um these aren't all sure. good teams though we're going to talk about some stinkers definitely um and speaking of stinkers, let's get into the 32nd team in the NFL. This was a unanimous last place for us. So probably unsurprising if you've listened to our last few episodes to hear that I am, in fact, talking about the Atlanta Falcons, the team that I'm closest to, actually, uh, proximity-wise. Mm, yeah, this Chattanooga is, a little closer to Atlanta than Nashville, huh? This is my NFL team, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> you have to support the Falcons now. <laughs> I, uh, I moved from, like... One forced Marcus Mariota supporting zone to like another <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, so like I just said, Marcus Mariota bringing up this just really exciting bag of goodies. They have talent all over the place. Um, really strong starting rosters on both sides of the ball. I think the Falcons are a shoe-in to repeat their success of allowing the most points in the league last year <laughs> this, <laughs> this year um and you know i think that they could potentially push for least points in the league as well <laughs> what are you, where what are your thoughts on the falcons is it all doom and gloom here at 32nd for them yeah it pretty much is they their best wide receiver is not a wide receiver kyle pitts is a tight end while he is a generational talent um that's pretty much the only target of note that they have going into the season, they do have Drake London that they took in early in the first round. Um, but he's going to be a rookie. It's gonna be, he's going to need time to adjust. And he's a guy that a lot of people were talking about. Does he actually deserve to go as highly as he did? Because 
maybe he's not as good at separating and that's going to hurt him on the NFL level. So, yeah, pretty much all doom and gloom for the Falcons, I say, unless we get some Mariota magic. Or, like, <laughs> Calvin Ridley is unbanned as yeah. part of their, like, PR. <laughs> We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'm not holding my breath for that, so... <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I mean... Not great. NFL's fans know I, I, I love a washed-up QB, so I would really like to see Marcus Mariota do well, um, but I have very little expectations for this offense, and as soon as they signed Marcus Mariota and, like, got rid of Matt Ryan, which earlier on to me in the season was, like, one of the most, I'm not even going to think about this team like in the QB conversation because um, it seemed pretty obvious he was going to do one last year. So it's like, why the hell wouldn't he do that year in Atlanta, you know? So like the fact that they gave him to Indiana for this deal and then signed Mariota so quickly says to me that even this team knows that they're sort of the poverty franchise this year and they're just trying to like, hold it together until they have something more exciting. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I don't think Mariota is a, a bad quarterback. I think he can do well personally, but not in this situation, especially I mentioned on a former episode, they signed a uh, Eddie Goldman. I didn't mention him by name, but that was the defensive tackle. They signed, he was 28 years old. And then 13 days later, he just retired from the NFL. So I, I think that, about sums up the Falcons for this year, and uh, we can move on to our next super exciting team. Um, so, yeah, let's get into number 31, the Chicago Bears, doing everything they can to make sure that their young, budding franchise quarterback does not seed. Um, just really surrounding him with the, the worst cast of characters on offense this year. He's got... He's got Darnell Mooney to throw, throw to promising third-year wide receiver, but other than that, it's just like a wasteland up there in Chicago. And if you saw the state of their field in their first preseason game, that uh, definitely fits the vibe that they have going into this season. It was sort of nasty and barren and not presentable, not appealing oh, to the eye in any way. So I didn't hear about that. Yeah. That's Much like the Bears in 2022. True. Yeah, the Bears um, have basically, in the last, like, during the NFL as an era, I'd say have moved, like, the the most poorly. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, in the last, like, four years, they have just completely faltered on anything worth being excited about. Um, I think that, like, there's a real chance that they're going to come out looking dumb like in the Trubisky situation like like I think he could very easily be the one the party who moves on from that situation better um they were never able really able to capitalize on their defense like Vic Fangio just left for a different job and now they don't have Cleo Mack like um I I think this team is going to like try really hard to frame what they're doing right now is like rebuilding or getting like Justin Fields ready to be like a franchise man or whatever. But to me, this is a franchise that is completely clueless and joining the ranks of some of our other like perennially clueless franchises who are like risking everything on a new young QB every few years who like is not ready <laughs> to start in this league. Um, I don't think that that game last year where they had like eight yards is his fault, but that speaks to, you know, a lot of other problems that they're, that they need to address before this team is even ready for like a, a bad QB or not a bad QB, but you know, an imperfect QB like Justin Fields. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah. It's going to be a rough year for them. For sure. This was another one that we had unanimously, I believe. Yeah, um, sure was. How's right. was the next one? Yeah, that's right. Number 30, the Houston Texans, both of us had at 30. Um, <laughs> I feel like the Texans are, it, it's, it almost feels like a dead horse, like ranking them lowly. <laughs> like it's just become the, the vibe for this team. Like they, they've been in the thirties for a while now. And even like with a lot of spaghetti being thrown at the wall, I think they sort of <laughs> are still, stuck i mean this team can never stop looking like the youngest franchise in the league like i don't really know how else to put it like 
they just are never really able to find any momentum in a positive direction, which is why, you know, beginning of season again and again, you, you find people like pretty much unanimously putting them at the bottom of the table. Yeah. And this one kind of, I didn't like putting them this low because I do think they're kind of trending in the right direction. They've got, I mean, I think Davis Mills is actually like, they just got super lucky. I think he can actually be a good passer, a uh, good quarterback for this team heading into the future. If um, And then they drafted Damian Pierce, who in his first preseason game showed a lot of juice. And I think he's going to be an important part of this offense moving forward. Just Let's just talk about Davis Mills for one more second here. Those last five games of the season uh, where he was really like the the actual starter, like starting to come into his own. He threw for 1,258 yards, nine touchdowns, and just two picks. Um, so extending that out to a full season, uh, those numbers look a lot better. Um, you're talking about almost 4,000 yards. Um, you're talking about almost 30 touchdowns and less than 10 picks. So um, pretty good for a rookie third-rounder that nobody really expected much of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And if Lovey Smith can get that defense right, I think that they might surprise. I'm kind of regretting taking the under four and a half on them because I feel like they can maybe just win five games. Like, that's still a bad team, but I don't know. I might be regretting that one in the future. But they definitely are, are worth still being down this low. Mm-hmm. I, I think that their play calling and also at times, like, personnel management are both very subpar or at least were last year i felt like even though i agree davis mills was early like lucky break for them i i think there were a lot of moments where they didn't really know how to like play to his strengths um and during the few texans games i watched last year i remember like a lot of just like wide open guys and them just like sending a running back into the line for like half a yard yeah. over and over again. Um, and that was, and that speaks a lot to the running back committee that they had last year as well. I mean, Rex Burkhead, I think was their leading rusher. He's like 93 years old. So right. I think that, like I said, Damian Pierce, they, he should see a lot of playing time. I think he's going to be really good for them. Mm. Yeah. I agree. I think this team has some juice for sure. Um, we'll, we'll have to see what they make of it. And let me let me just go ahead and <laughs> I I spoke before I was ready earlier. Podcasting mistake. I started to give the stats of what that full season would look like before I had done the calculations. So let me give those now that I have them. <laughs> so if you extend his last five games out to a full seventeen game season, he's that would have been four thousand two hundred seventy seven passing yards, thirty point six passing touchdowns, and just six point eight interceptions. So. Really solid stat line. Yeah. A guy that nobody expects anything from. MVP contending stat line. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Let's go Davis Mills. This is a Davis Mills podcast. I like Davis Mills a lot. And I also really like quarterbacks that just have a long like, necks. Oh, sorry. But, yeah, yeah, long <laughs> necks. No, like quarterbacks who came like fourth in like a, oh my gosh, what's happening carousel and then held it down out of nowhere. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Um, cool beans. Next up, number twenty nine. We go to the hallowed city of bad football. Um, for a few seconds, uh, quote unquote New York. Uh, the, for the, the New Jersey Giants. Giants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the New Jersey Giants. Um, per, another perennial stinker. I'd say uh, bottom of the table favorite. Haven't been above five hundred since twenty sixteen. I think is the stat. So. Correct. Yeah. Um, good franchise very solid franchise what uh i think like obviously every time the giants come up it pretty much only comes down to saquon and the question of if he's going to be worth jack diddley this season and make this team a meaningful contender or not um meaningful contender meaning in any given game not in the yeah season, not in the season. obviously they're not competing for any sort of postseason <laughs> anything this year um i think that uh on, on our fantasy on your fantasy podcast on our fantasy uh draft that we did the other day um shady said that he thought that a lot of people were sort of under expecting from Saquon's performance this season. And I really agree with that take. I think that he is going to be 
a force to be dealt with again. I mean, the dude is fast as hell, obviously. Um, and he's had a while to, to, to recover from that injury at this point. Um, but the rest of this team is just a giant question mark to me. And like, nice. yeah, thank you. And <laughs> I think like, if you could pick like any two news stories to just like have come out a month before the season starts that really like prove that your team is in a terrible place. It's like, fight at practice and we might make a last second bid for a different quarterback. And then those are the <laughs> two pieces of news that have come out of the giants camp recently. So um, to me, this camp also sort of sees themselves at the bottom of the table right now. Yeah. And they didn't pick up Daniel Jones's uh, fifth year option. So this is really a proving year for him. He might, I mean, if he plays like spectacularly, I guess they're going to offer him another contract, but uh, this is pretty much it for him. Unless, he proves otherwise and uh i don't think i've seen too much from him personally to make me think that he is going to prove otherwise but uh i guess we'll have to wait and see so let's take a, a long trip at, from metlife's metlife stadium back to metlife stadium to talk about our number 28 ranked team new york jets uh news about the jets zach wilson sustained a knee injury in their first preseason game against the eagles actually and um he had successful arthroscopic knee surgery today. Uh, trim, they trimmed part of his meniscus. I guess that's what the surgery was. But uh, he should be back in a few weeks. So that's good news for them. Otherwise, it... Well, I should say it good news for them. Um, they'll at least get to see if Zach Wilson is good this season. They've certainly surrounded him with enough weapons for him to be able to prove it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what Zach Wilson and Robert I'll look like in your two here with the Jets. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I want to say I had the Giants at thirty at twenty ninth, and you had the twenty eighth, I believe, right? Uh, Giants. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mention that. Um, for the Jets, you had them at twenty ninth, right? Um, yep. Yeah, I actually have the Jets at twenty fourth, which is a little bit of a jump, obviously. Even with this Zach Wilson news, um, I think like. 24th, first of all, you're really not clearing any crazy teams at that point. Um, but I think just the difference between teams at that point really coming down to like who like just potential upsides. I think the Jets have a lot of potential upsides just because I mean they've had more like roster capital to work with than truly any other team in the NFL, just like always drafting like um a bunch of people and this year and last like i i thought that their drafts were phenomenal we didn't we obviously didn't really see much of it much of anything come from it last year but i think that they're um really taking advantage of like how many picks they have on board just going for like the best talent that they can find all, all the time and um like all over this roster like, question marks of players who could potentially become something obviously there's gonna be a lot of like rookie um, but, but I think this team could pretty easily start streaming other wins um, just because of, like, how versatile bad they can be. You know what I mean? Like, they, they sort of have the freedom of not being a bad team that only can do one thing in order to, like, somehow put together wins. Like, they can be creative um, with this roster they've put together and uh, try a lot of different things. So I, I think, like, the Jets, to me, are, are still a bad team, but for th- for that reason, they interest me, like, a little bit more than some of these other, like, bottom-of-the-table teams. Yeah, I mean, they showed that last year, especially they beat the Titans at one point in the season. I, I tend to forget that. I don't know if anybody else does, but Titans, the number one seed in the AFC. I'm guessing um, our listeners force themselves to forget it, given our <laughs> listening base. Sure, probably. I mean, I would, too. Uh, thankfully, my team didn't lose to the Jets last year. Gardner Minshew led a hot victory for the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, um, Teddy Bridgewater handled the Jets for the Broncos <laughs> last year. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense um, in in ways that it doesn't make sense. But anyway, yeah, that's the Jets at number 28. Um, I remember a couple years back I had them too high in my power rankings, and I was just convinced they were going to be good. And then they were just real bad. And then the Bills are the ones that got good. So I picked wrong there. But moving on uh, to number 27, a team that is not used to being bad, at least uh, for most of the last 
decade or so is the Seattle Seahawks. I wonder what could have made them bad. Um, yeah, that's right. The departure of a Hall of Fame quarterback. The worst Russell trade Wilson. deal in the history of trade deals, maybe. Maybe ever. ever. <laughs> and that's a real quote. Um, it, it was a bad trade for the Seahawks. I mean, obviously, they kind of had their hand for us. Russell Wilson didn't really want to play there anymore. And who can blame him? I mean, they never really let him run the offense the way that would have been conducive to his skills, um, which doesn't make any sense because he was the best player on the team the whole time he was there, pretty much. Um, but now they're moving on. They've got that quarterback battle going on between Drew Locke and Geno Smith. So lots to get excited about there, especially if you're DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I'm sure they're just... <laughs> Beyond excited to be catching Bubbling passes. Really <laughs> Bubbling. Absolutely. And um, who can forget a game-changing tight end like Noah Fant that they also got in that deal. So, <laughs> I mean, I think Noah Fant is a great tight end. He is a good tight end. That was, that was a little mean, but I mean... Uh, I'd I rather think, have Russell Wilson on my team. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I'd, I'd also rather have either of the tight ends that are in Denver at this point. I think... Um, Noah Fant is a great player, but I think his best years are behind him. Um, I think that, like, I don't know. I don't want to repeat too much that we've said before about this team, but I think, like, with the potential veritable upside of both of these QBs, plus just, like, the talent between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, like, this team very well could ball, and I think they could easily find themselves having – like a storyline this year of just like, oh yeah, like this team has been putting together some crazy passes. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I, I think that they could like have a very like just unpredictable shotgun formation that could like potentially lead to them like putting together a good offense. But I have lived through the can we build a team around <laughs> Drew Locke, uh, coping before and the simple answer is no you cannot <laughs> it's not gonna happen. and you roped me into that too like i, I just <laughs> became like a fan of drew lock and He's even like, still to this day i'm like i feel like he really didn't get that many chances <laughs> he, he played like the whole 2020 season and yeah. you know how that went so Broncos like gave that dude so many chances yeah um, but the, the way he plays like Airbud, like you just want him to, to be better like all the time. So uh yeah, I I I think that the Seahawks I, I actually like in my tier list, I mean in my uh power rankings had some tiers and the Seahawks started a tier that was can win seven plus but will likely make excuses about rebuilding all season. And I think that that like really is like all the teams we're about to talk about fit into that category but especially the Seahawks for me yeah I agree with that especially since Pete Carroll's the head coach and he's not going to want to lose anything ever so he's going to you know with him as the head coach they're going to try to win as many games as possible for sure. um, but just with what's there in Seattle I'm not sure how how good that's going to end up for Mr. Carroll but yeah gum chewing Pete next up Speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of coaches, I like. Let's go to the Jaguars. In oh my goodness! And my new favorite it. team in the AFC South. <laughs> true, true. They, these are my Bears this year. I think <laughs> uh, Dougie P and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, oh my goodness! Dude, yeah. When I was watching the Hall of Fame game, the first preseason game, uh, Doug Peterson was talking, and I just realized how much I miss him. Being the head coach of, I mean, Nick Sirianni is good. I would, I'm glad we have him right now. But I don't know, just the vibes of old Dougie P. Yeah, it just made me sad to see him in another team's gear. I yeah, for sure. I think he deserves to like be sort of credited, like with his coaching style being unique in the same way that like some of the other coaches that are credited for that um, are lauded, like. I mean, you've said before, like they love him. I like the players love playing for him. And I think he has an amazing coaching philosophy, and I really admire the way that he managed that 2017 Eagles team, who overcame some crazy. Uh, I, to me, like one of the like biggest like Cinderella like Super Bowl stories that we've had in a while. Yeah, like, dude took Nick Foles to the Super Bowl and beat Tom Brady. I mean, yeah. And now just imagine this Jaguars team is going from the worst head coach in NFL history ever. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just going to go ahead and say yeah. that. Um, 
without doing any research, and they're going to Doug Peterson. I think just the way that that's going to affect the whole team, just they're already talking about it, you know, it's nice being treated like adults, yeah. and just the way that that's going to help Trevor Lawrence in his development. Like, if, if Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a far and away better talent mm. than Nick Foles is, so... I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't really have like much to point to outside of just I mean, I I they drafted like a pretty exciting wide receiver, right? Or or, or maybe it was a corner. I know those are two completely different positions. <laughs> and number 1 overall, they drafted Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher out That's of right. uh Georgia. It was a bit of a a controversial pick to some because he didn't have that much rush production in college but just the intangibles were all there and the i mean the tangibles as in the uh athletic prowess Mm -hmm. he's shown already in the preseason he can be good so yeah that's cool yeah i don't this isn't i think like some of these teams that we're talking about it's like oh they have like all of these great players like it's hard to imagine them being bad that's not necessarily what i think but i think like with like this leadership it's hard to imagine them being bad and and i I think like and i think these players will desperately want to sell themselves off as being a good team in the NFL. Like, I think that's something that's really important to them. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm excited to watch the Jags this year. I had them at 25th. I don't know where you had them. Um, uh, let me pull that up real quick. Craig, can you pull up the, those numbers for me <laughs> real quick, please? I had the Jags at 26, so cool. around in the same range. All right. Uh, next up, we have... <laughs> Man, I love talking about this team. The Washington Commanders. <laughs> truly the only good thing about this team is you can abbreviate them to the commies now. Um, that's, <laughs> let's go commies. Let's go commies. Um, that's, that's all I like about them. Um, that A heinously exciting QB battle, right? <laughs> Between- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there probably should be more of a QB battle than it is. They're going to just they're gonna start Carson Wentz regardless because they gave up two second-round picks for him. But, I mean, how much better is he going to be than Taylor Heineke? Don't really know yet. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously with this trade, like, they're not going to be like, oh, and we'll see. But I, I do think that this leadership is expecting Taylor Heineke to, like, he's done so many times before, <laughs> trip back into this position and stumble <laughs> his way through it again. Um, yeah, the commanders uh, don't really have... I mean, really, any eyes on them at all? I think it's so funny that this team like renamed themselves this offseason, and people still don't talk about them really. <laughs> like, yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're just like, so whatever, right? Yeah, <laughs> like probably just like the the least lauded team that we have. Just very little like energy behind them at all times. Um, I think one thing that we can say besides Carson Wentz, who I mean has at one point ever been a QB worth having. So, you know, maybe could be worth having again. Um, Besides that, like, really all you have to look at is that young defense that people keep coping about that, like, could put something together. But I I think the offenses in this division are getting scary, and I don't even really know that this team can keep up with the Jets. I mean, with the Giants at some point. They had a difficulty doing so last year, I believe, so – yeah, those are always good slop fests to watch at <laughs> noon on a sat on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> the Giants and the now Commanders going back and forth, but I think they could be all right. I mean, if Carson Wentz plays well, I mean, he was on a team that won nine games last year, and I mean, obviously this team doesn't have Jonathan Taylor, so that's a point against them. But they do have some talented wide receivers, and you talked about their talented defense that they have. They're able to stay healthy. Uh, I, I think we both took the over on them, so I mean we're expecting something from them at least. But that's true. I think um, I think that I they had one of the like lowest value. I don't underlines, but I, I don't expect them to make much noise in the NFC. With that being said, I had them at twenty four. You had them at twenty six. So yep. they slide right in here, at number twenty five. Let's talk about this next team. Very excited to talk about them. It's a hard this- knock life. <laughs> 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 the Detroit Lions, the stars of this season's Hard Knocks on HBO. If you're not watching that, it should be. It's really good. Um, 
this team is just really lovable, and I feel like I mean it's just the common thing now is to is to like them, and I'm fully on that train. This isn't me uh, going in that direction just so I can zag. I am really rooting for the Lions' success this year. I think Dan Campbell is such an incredible coach, and I want to see him succeed. I want to see Jared Goff do well. I don't know why, but I think that it would just make me happy to see him do well just because everybody kind of thinks he sucks. And, like, I know it wasn't just him. It it wasn't him that got the Rams to the Super Bowl, but he was still on a Super Bowl, like, competing team. So... Yeah. The dude is better than people give him credit for. They've commanded got thirty point offense, dude. I mean, commanded <laughs> Jacobs thirty point offense, <laughs> time in, time and time again. And this team also has some exciting pieces on defense as well. So, um, the Lions are definitely a team I'm going to be keeping my eye on. I've got a lot more side teams going this year than last year. I feel like, but uh, the Lions are one of them. My energy a little bit. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, the Lions are like sort of starting to feel like everybody's second or third favorite team. I'm sure the Hard Knocks has something to do with it, but I think like the Hard Knocks just like slyly cashed in on a feeling that's been in the league for the last few years, which is just a lot of people want this team to do well for some reason. I think yeah. that they're like one of the most fun losing teams to watch. I mean, we said this all last season that like of any of the winless teams that we had ever witnessed. Like they looked so much more interesting and for scrappy. Sure. For like sure. they, they never striked me as like being comfortable in that spot, which is like why I think that they've been hard, like put like featured on hard knocks this year. And um, the fact of the matter is this is a tough division to grow in. Like, yes. I mean, I think the Vikings are proof of that. Like the Packers have just, choke held like any team that's tried to develop at any point um and i don't know if the lions are going to be able to overcome that but i think that they they certainly are not going to be the worst team in the league this year and also another thing that i think is important to note is the captain of their o-line was on the bench all last year and he's returning this year um not on the bench with, with an injury so um i don't think that that's going to make a huge difference but you know, Jared Goff was one of the, like, I think he was, like, one of the top 10 most sacked QBs last year. So it's really hard to, like, grow into that situation while you're also being put on your butt, like, every other play. So I, I think, like, that's going to be a huge momentum shift for them that a lot of people. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't know this could be that loud. I just, yes. dropped, just dropped my phone trying to pull up the rankings. <laughs> You're all good. But yeah, I I, um, I I think that I've talked highly about the Lions enough years in a row that I don't have to justify myself at this point. I am happy being one of the bandwagon fans for this team. These are my bears <laughs> for real, just actually, switched. now that I think about it. That, yeah, because... Just switch like, to NFC North teams. Yeah, yeah, basically... <laughs> Uh, yeah, every, every, I mean, truly everything I liked about the Bears a few years ago, I am excited about with the Lions right now. So, you know, maybe they'll double doink a playoff game. We'll see. Um, against the Eagles. Uh, yeah, I guess the Eagles. Good times. Um, we are nearing the potentially good teams echelon, but we are not there yet, my friends. But we're, we're nearing the potentially good teams echelon. Um, next up, we have the Carolina Panthers. Another quarterback that nobody likes that Drew and I (laughs) adore for some reason. I was going to say, another one of my side teams (laughs) this year. Um, Yeah. For that reason. For that, yeah. Baker Mayfield, uh, hometown hero, the the white Jameis Winston of NFL is is, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, heading to Carolina to take over this just riveting offense, lots of really exciting talent all over the place. Um, I think like a lot of people think that this was a bad move for them. I think it's probably the most exciting thing that they have this year, except for, of course, obviously CMC coming back in for a full season, finally, after yet another injury. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're getting Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold, so I definitely see that as a huge win. 
Yeah, Sam Darnold, sure. after the team got off to a hot start last year, oh, kind of got exposed. Um, I was thinking yeah. of Cam Newton when I was thinking QBs. That they ah, <laughs> yeah, that too. I mean, we just we don't talk about those couple weeks that Cam Newton goes <laughs> back in Carolina. But um, I think Sam Darnold on this offense is really going to – I mean, him paired with Christian McCaffrey coming back is going to make this offense hum a lot better than it was – especially the last half of last year. Uh, they shored up their offensive line, so Baker's going to have time to throw. They've got other weapons on the offense. DJ Moore's probably going to have his best year of his career this year, I think. Yeah. Um, so, And their defense was actually pretty solid for most of the year last year. Hopefully yeah. they can get J.C. Horn back and healthy for a whole season. He's an exciting young corner that I'll be keeping my eye on. But this team could just randomly, I don't know how things are going to shake out with the Saints and the Buccaneers. They could end up being like second in their division. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be too surprised, but definitely think, pulling for Baker to have a good year after yeah, what happened to him. Same. Absolutely same. I think um, a lot of people are sort of looking at Baker, you know, speaking back to what I was saying about how people sort of thought that that was a bad move. Um, people sort of are looking at Baker as just like the only quarterback available or whatever. And I think that that was like kind of true, but also stylistically i actually think that this is a pretty intelligent like budget pickup for them um, yeah especially the way that the contract situation shapes out for them yeah for sure and i think just uh like when the browns were suitably strong last year it was like mostly baker just being good at using the run game to his advantage a lot of people acted like that was a weakness of his but i mean like they're they had the best run offense in the league so i think if assuming Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, like I think he probably is like, well, this is exactly the kind of QB I want to play for. Like, just give me the ball and let me take it. So um, I, I think that they could be a pretty good combo, assuming he stays healthy and the O-line does what it needs to do. So um, yeah, this is another one of those teams that, you know, could, could have some sauce, but I'm not expecting a whole lot from them. I put them at 27th. I don't know where you have them. I had them a little higher. Uh, I had them at 23, so as I said, this is going to be one of my side teams this year. And the contract situation I'm alluding to for Baker Mayfield, um, he's guaranteed $18 million this year, and I think the Browns are paying yeah. 10 or $11 million of that. So if, if the pretty Browns, good situation for the for Panthers. Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but if the Browns trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, they'll have five quarterbacks on there uh, this year. <laughs> <laughs> and is, two of them not... Playing. Too, not playing. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Awesome situation. Really well run team. All right. Uh, who do we have next, Andrew? I think I introduced this one. Yeah. Next up, we have not the Browns. They'll come in a little bit. We have the Steelers at number 22. This is another team that I think uh, could be better than what this ranking indicates, but there's just so many teams that that could be the case for. Somebody had to be at 22. So for me, that was the Steelers. Um, I think Mitch. Trubisky is going to have his best year as a pro this year. I've said it before on this podcast, probably. Um, said it on the Super Fantasy Brothers podcast that hasn't been released yet, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, suddenly I've just become a, a Mitch Trubisky fan as well. I don't know how that happened, but here we are. And I think, you know, this team is going to... Their over-under was at 7.5, and, and I think they're pretty easily going to beat that. Uh, well, maybe not pretty easily because this is a tough division, but Mike Tomlin's not going to let them stay under 500. So this is a 9 or 10 win team. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you say that you don't know how you became a Mitch Trubisky fan. He's a quarterback nobody liked who took a year off and then came back. So That's true. I'm <laughs> noticing a trend here. That's <laughs> <laughs> about all it takes for us to like them. Um, yeah, I... I hate the Steelers as a franchise. <laughs> I, I like this is I, news to me. <laughs> really? Yeah, I did not. You just said disdain for the Steelers. Yeah, so we don't do talk about them that a few much. Years ago, when I made my like uh, how I feel about every team, like powering. Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I had them really low, and I feel like I've talked. I feel like I normally talk pretty negative. I mean, I love Mike Tomlin, and I know I've said that many times, but I, I just have never been a fan of like the culture of this franchise, and. I know that you know this, like they have been just a thorn in my side to try and talk about on this show for the last couple of years, <laughs> because they, they, they are just like, 
they're like a tick you can't pick off. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like they just somehow always manage being ten wins and in the playoffs and uh, and do nothing in the postseason storyline. It's like, why were you guys here? But this is the one year that I don't think they'll do that, and this is the one year that I kind of want them to. So, like, I don't really know. Like, I feel the wind's changing for me on this team a little bit because, yeah, like you, I really like this washed up QB nobody cares for. <laughs> and I want to see this team stream together some wins this year. Um, I think that they are more than capable of it. I, I, namely, like I, obviously these last couple of years when they were dragging the corpse of Big Ben across the finish line, um, they were able to make that happen with like this explosive offensive talent and just like a defense that kept every team in the league to like one of their score lowest scoring games. And if they follow that game plan again, which Mike Tomlin to his credit has been spectacular at doing no matter like what talent he's been given, I think they can make that happen. However, this team just like pretty scientifically that never really knows what to do without big Ben. Um, we've seen them try to go a whole season without, um, you know, I who who was it who they had starting at that point? Um, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, Mason Rudolph. That's right. I hey. certainly think that Trubisky is a much better quarterback than Mason Rudolph, but um, still, you know, I, I think that this season, I think this team is going to be going through some of the growing pains that we've seen some of the other teams go through mm, when they yeah. when they lose a quarterback that they've built their whole team around for so many years. Yeah, but at the same time, it's going to open up a lot for them. Uh, they pretty much ran solely out of shotgun last year because Ben Roethlisberger was so slow, didn't have time to like run it from under center and like yeah. drop back and all that. So they're going to have a lot more options on offense this year. And they drafted George Pickens. I don't know if you've seen highlights from the preseason game, but he's right. the embodiment of he's got that dog in him. Mm-hmm. He, he, there was this highlight, I don't know if you saw it, where he was lined up across from a cornerback. The play wasn't even coming his way. It was like a run on the other side of the field. He just like shove the cornerback to the ground with like so easily like <laughs> yeah. he's he's gonna be insane and the fact yeah. that like six i think six receivers were taking the draft before him could look very silly if he stays healthy plays <laughs> up to his potential but uh yeah that's the steelers at 22 i had them somewhere around in that range i think i had them right at 21 i had them at 22. yeah i had them at 21 so uh, we just flip flop these two teams. The Steelers end my can win seven plus, but will likely make excuses about rebuilding all season tier. And we now break into my ready to break in the top team status tier, which is up until 16. So there we For those of you who keep it up at home, <laughs> who, who do we uh, next up? We have the Cleveland Browns. There's someone at home just making a diagram of your tiers. Like, here's where he has these teams. <laughs> I've already made that diagram for you, so just send me up. It's that easy. Um, next up, we have the Cleveland Browns, a team that I don't have really been kind of quiet in the uh, in the off season. A team devoid of controversy. Yeah. Uh, what What is there to say about the Browns? I'll, I mean, I'll say this. I think like when when I sent this tier list earlier, I was told that they needed to be moved down a tier. A lot of people are sort of just like, well. Deshaun is probably going to be banned all season equals put these guys at the bottom. However, um, I think that like a full season ban for this team, as opposed to like a 12 game ban, which is probably like the best case scenario for him with these like current rumors that maybe a settlement is going to happen. Um, looming. I, I, I think like this team like told Kareem Hunt to suck it and they kept him for another year <laughs> and they still have um, Nick, Nick Chubb, Chubb as well. And they have Dearness Johnson who proved himself to be like potentially an RB one of the future last year. Um, so I think between these three guys underneath certified game manager, Jacoby Brissett, a dude who I think like during his time mm. with the Colts, really knew how to to role play. I think I think he's a McCorkle, diet McCorkle in a lot of ways. So I think mm. like um like the Browns even with uh without Deshaun Watson this year, I think are going to still make a lot of noise in the run game and um this is a tough division, but this team to me like is the 
best like not good team that we have in the mm-hmm. league assuming that they're not going to have deshaun watson all season now if deshaun watson truly is only out for six games then i think that honestly you're talking about this team as a playoff contender so um but yeah who who wouldn't think that after watching deshaun watson's preseason debut where he went one of five for seven yards <laughs> but uh no but in all fair in all sincerity i mean they're gonna be a much better team if he's only out six games but hopefully that doesn't happen i don't think that will happen and i think what you make said makes sense where if they're able to plan for him being out the whole season i think that's gonna end up being better for them than if he's out 12 games that's most of the season they're gonna have to kind of shift their playing style most of the way through the season but um we'll just see we'll see what they look like they've been run heavy in the past they'll be run heavy again this year um Kobe Brisket, uh, another favorite of the podcast. Not quite on the level of the other guys we've talked about, but just with a name like Brisket, I mean, he's going to come <laughs> up again and again. <laughs> um, but that'll do it for the Browns. I think, I think this is such a funny year of like returning QBs. Like, oh, yeah. Like Mitch Trubisky and Jacoby Brissett and uh, 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 oh, Mariota coming back <laughs> to the fold. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Exciting stuff for returning QBs. Let's move on to our number 20 ranked team. We both had this team at uh, that is the New England Patriots, led by the aforementioned McCorkle Jones. Mm-hmm. We both seem pretty low on this team in the over-unders for the AFC East, I believe, for the Eastern Divisions. I still kind of feel that way. The vibes are still kind of weird at a training camp. Um they still seem to be, as McCorkle himself said, getting their feet wet with changing their offensive identity, pretty much. Mm-hmm. They're changing the way they do things up there. And I don't know. I'm just, I know I've already said this. It's going to make me look silly, but I'm just not in on the Patriots. Yeah. I'll be proven wrong, I'm sure, in a month and a half. But that's just, as of today, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. I think, um,. <laughs> Honestly, if this team goes like seven and ten, I'm gonna be terrified of them next year because that to me will say that they like have been playing the lawn game and that they're kind of <laughs> that last year was like a little bit more success than they expected and that this year they're just like really focused on like long term success rather than just <laughs> meaningless pops of success like they had last year. Um and so like I, I, I that's kind of what I'm expecting from them, like sort of like a seven or an eight win season that um, like those wins look really intelligent. And by the end of the year, like they are ready to be a dynasty team again next year. Like, I think that that's sort of like the grand plan for this team. Now, obviously I don't think Bill Belichick is ever going to like, you know, cash in a, a year. That's just not how he does things. However, I do think that, um, I mean, look at the return. I mean, if any team understands the return in, on investment for like getting the QBs feet wet, like it's the Patriots. So I think, um, yeah, I, I'm not like that hot on them this year either, but in, in the grand conversation, like this team is like a ticking time bomb and it very well could go off this year. Um, I, I just think it'll probably be, be another season before they are sincerely back in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, however, th- this division is scrappy. Like, I think the the Jets are always, like, a fun spoiler party, and the Dolphins and the Patriots are both capable of taking games off of the Bills, um, who present themselves as a very good, like, final boss for both of those budding franchises. Yeah. So, and we saw in the last game of the Patriots season last year, they were not ready to take on that final boss, yeah. <laughs> regardless of that regular season win. They just were outclassed in every single way in that playoff game. And I think that's indicative of what you said. I think they'll probably be a 7 or 8 win team this year. But we'll see in the long run. It could, Like I said, it could definitely, like, this this gamble could pay off faster for them. But I think, like, if if this year ends with them having, like, 10 losses. I'm I'm going to guess most New England fans are still going to feel really really optimistic about things going into next year. So, yeah. Um, uh next up, speaking of the Dolphins, we have the Miami Dolphins at 19th. Um I think it's kind of like 
uh, just like looking at this receiving duo, I mean, like it's kind of odd to think that this wouldn't be like one of the first off the table, um, like in every draft or, or like one of the most exciting offenses that we have right now. But I think people are just sort of like, yeah, okay, <laughs> like it's kind of strange. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I get it. Like, like we said, like there are 18 phenomenal teams ahead of uh, the Patriots and Dolphins right now. So I think like this is where they belong. Um, but the Dolphins like have have some flavor. Like uh, they already looked really exciting to me in the second half of last year. I, I know that you all know that because I wouldn't shut up about it. But um, <laughs> I think Tua is a phenomenal game leader and was doing a lot with nothing at all. And now like he's got something, he's got something <laughs> he's got, like I said, I mean, one of the most exciting, potentially like a, an, an insanely exciting pair of receivers. If he could find a way to use both of them. I think the reason most people are pegging them somewhere in this like 20 to 18 range is because they're not really expecting <laughs> to, uh, to, to learn how to take advantage of both of these wide receivers. Uh, what, what, what is, what is your outlook on the on the Tyreek Hill and Waddle? What's Waddle's first name? Jalen. Jalen, that's what I thought. Jalen Waddle situation. So I think that this is going to be really good for the development of Tua. I think having a guy that can stretch the field like Tyreek, like he does it better than anybody else in the NFL right now. So that's just going to be something that he has never had in his offense before. And he's still going to have that reliable drum beat pass catcher and waddle uh, i mean and just the way that i've talked about um aj brown and Devonte smith opening up the field for each other for the eagles i think that is going to have the same kind of thing is going to happen in miami for both of these guys and i think we're going to see a lot more deep shots from two of this year he didn't throw like even close to the league average number of deep balls last year but when he did throw them they were pretty accurate so i think we're gonna learn pretty quickly whether or not he's able to take advantage making a connection with Tyree kill. I think he will personally. Yeah, um, me too. So I'm pretty excited to see this offense. Uh, their new coach, Mike McDaniel, I think is going to be another just huge injection of adrenaline for this offense. I think that um, obviously we've talked about how their coach last year was unjustly fired and he was a great leader and a great coach, but he was also defensive minded. And I think that um, we're really going to see Tua flourish probably in a way that we haven't seen before under Mike McDaniel. This is a guy that's been on Kyle Shanahan's staff. He's basically followed Kyle Shanahan around for a really long time. Right. And Kyle Shanahan, as we all know, is like one of the best offensive geniuses in the game. So I think we're going to see an offshoot of that here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I am very excited about this Dolphins team. Um, I think that, like, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, is he going to learn how to use Hill? I think he totally is. To me, the question mark is, like, what is it going to take for Tua to learn how to, like, add Waddle on top of that? Like, because I think, like, just if I had to guess, like, playing as a QB in this league, like, once you have Tyreek Hill catching for you, that's just where you're going to want to put the ball, like, like, all the time because he just is always going to be ready for it. So I think like once he learns how to run this offense, the way that we see some, you know, like, uh, like Kirk cousins type QBs run their offenses where it's kind of just about, um, the field opening up and looking for the best target. I think the Tua can really grow into his own stylistically. And I'm excited to see what that style is. Um, this is this is one of my side teams. In case it wasn't obvious, um, <laughs> who we have next? Up next, we have the New Orleans Saints. Who this could look silly having them this low down at number eighteen. Um, but like I keep saying, somebody's got to be down here. And for us, it's the Saints. Uh, another quarterback that we love to talk about here on NFL is Jameis Winston. Hoping he can stay, um, hoping he stay healthy for a whole season this year. I think. He's gonna have. He's gonna definitely benefit from the new influx of weapons that they've got. I mean, he went from, you know, Marquez Callaway and Deontay Hardy being his best receivers last year. Who? And <laughs> this year we're moving on to Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas and Ricky Chris Olave out of Ohio State. This is gonna be a much improved offensive, a uh, much improved passing game. I think 
And it's looking like Alvin Kamara is not going to miss any time for that battery charge he's facing from uh, Pro Bowl weekend. For what it's worth, I've I've heard that there's not a lot to that charge. So I yeah, that's true because I like Alvin Kamara. As I yeah, me too. Me <laughs> too. Um, but I think this offense is going to be good, and the defense is what's been the pretty much the best part of this team, uh, even when Drew Brees was here. Um, so they're going to have another strong defensive showing, I'm sure. A lot of continuity with Dennis Allen, their defense, longtime defensive coordinator, just stepping right into the head coaching role. Uh, I think it's a good team. And again, having them at 18 might look foolish. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I said this during our divisional episode. I think uh, LASIK Winston didn't really get to. LASIK Winston. I forgot. <laughs> I won't forget again. <laughs> didn't really get to uh, submit himself at like as like just how like pivotal that that LASIK was for him because like just really quickly was sidelined with that injury last year. But I want people to remember like just how hard the Saints offense was balling at the beginning of last year. And they could for sure take, they could take like some of the best offenses in this league to 50 total, like nobody's business. So I think um this team like can really scrap. Like you said, I think that they went after their weaknesses very well. Um, I'm I'm really excited about this receiving room and a lot. Of, and I guess like just to kind of add together everything I've just said, like I think a lot of people are going to look at this and be like, "Cool moves," but it's still Jameis Winston. But like I think that Jameis Winston is a lot better at like using these. Like I said last week, he's he's football smart, even if he doesn't give off a lot of other intelligences. Yeah. And I think I think like he is like really good at using all of the different tools that he has on his offense. And even without Sean um, McVay, oh my God, not Sean McVay. I'm sorry. Sean Payton. Yes. Gosh. <laughs> Kevin Sean James. Payton. Kevin James. Yeah. Even without Kevin James, uh, <laughs> <laughs> even without Sean Payton, he still worked under Sean Payton, which like is a, a really big deal. And I think that he learned a lot from that time. And uh, this, this dude, I think, is one of like the most disrespected quarterbacks in the league truly uh because he like sometimes is making a serious argument for top 10 and people act like he's trying to prove himself as not being bottom 10 all the time and that sort of blows my mind honestly so uh as as we've said many times before main character of the nfl and and i think that the saints if not for the bucks just being like such a dependably good team for the last few years, like would look like one of the most interesting, like black sheep, dark horses, like in, in the, in the contest right now. But um, that, that's certainly a hill they're going to have to climb. They're, they're going to have to get through this division before they're even ready to do anything like that. Um, Indra has just linked Jameis Winston being unintentional. <laughs> I wanted to save that for later so I could find some good sound bites. For my soundboard. <laughs> I need a few. All right. Uh, next up, let's talk about a team that I think really is upper half, um, but I'm glad that we're talking about them here in the lower half because uh, like, if every preseason ranking ever, the Vikings are put 20th by basically every website. Like It's, it's just like death taxes and the Vikings being 20th going into the year. And I always get it, but this year I'm like looking at this team and I'm just really wondering why people are disrespecting this offense so much. Like I, I, I know I keep talking about it, but like, man, the Vikings just have so much talent, like all over the board. And I think that like credit to their general manager for like putting together this roster, because I think like Kirk Cousins is obviously not like a superstar QB, but he is a good QB who has some clear strengths. And they, in my opinion, have built a team that is going to take advantage of that strengths in such a good way. And um, I mean, you've said it before. I think JJ is primed and ready to be the best receiver in the league. And Thielen still exists. And Dalvin Cook <laughs> exists and Irv Smith Jr. is joining this roster. And I just think that the upside on the Vikings, like 
this to me is like one of the freest over bets, like potential, like if you want to impress somebody by like picking a surprise division winner, I think this is like one of the best chances. I think like the Vikings have really come to play this year. And, and I think that the narrative has not really caught up on that just yet. Yeah, I think for me and for, I guess, a lot of the other people that have them ranked in the lower half, I mean, I've said it multiple times this episode, somebody's got to be down here, and we're not, while all the pieces are there, you know, Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, Cousins, and he's a good quarterback, like you said, we haven't seen this offense yet, this is still a first-year head coach, um, and while the expectations are probably really high, I mean, this guy been with Sean McVay, the boy wonder of the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think it. I just am a little hesitant to just go ahead and crown them as being the most improved team. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I totally agree with everything you said. I think they are they're primed for a good season, and um, I think if if uh, Kevin O'Connell does end up being a good coach, if he does end up having some Sean McVay traits, mm-hmm. uh, this is going to be one of the teams where like talking about most throughout this season. They're going to be a big part of the story. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think, like, I think this is going to be one of those teams that narratively sort of start with fantasy because I think a lot of people are just going to realize, like, how much, like, offensive production is going to be coming from a lot of these players in fantasy this year. And um, just, (laughs) like, I, I, I think, like, on NFL is in the past, we basically have always said that this team like is going to play exactly to the level of their opponents, but just a little better or worse, depending on like if they should win the game or not. And they're always just like, they always win predictably close games and and lose predictably close games and um, have never really had like really exciting upsets, even though they've managed to like, hold it against like the lower teams and that is still i think like the giant hill that the vikings have to overcome as a franchise like to to become like a true power in the nfc which by the way is like still not really that hard to do yeah pretty Um, wide open like i said earlier yeah so like i i i think like that's really all that it that they have left to do is just like start beating like start getting some impressive wins under their belt. Basically they they remind me a lot of like a smash player who everybody really likes, who can't get any clout because they just don't get any good wins. It's just Mm -hmm. like, and like everybody knows the Vikings are good and they can play their character well and stuff, but like they, they need to start putting some impressive wins on the board um, before they can like really start locking down the clout and the rankings, um, which is fair. Um, so I, I this year they got to do it. To me, it's gonna like really come down to those Packers games because the Packers have won eleven plus the last like four years. Have been in the playoffs the last like five. Have won the division the last five. Like the the Vikings like really need to start punching some holes in that wall. Even if this isn't gonna be the year they break through before like they start a season respected <laughs> across the the board. I think, um, but. As far as like my hot take goes, like this is the team this year that that I'm like predicting to surprise a lot of people. I I think I think that they are fighting for a playoff spot pretty easily, and um, I wouldn't even be surprised to see them win a playoff game or two. So um, we'll see. I I love watching JJ play for sure. So, oh, me um, too. Especially having him locked into my dynasty lineup every week. You know, love to see yeah, him go too. off. I bet that makes it even more fun. Well, that, folks, are the 16 worst teams in the NFL, and we just talked about a team that I think will win two playoff games. So that, this <laughs> That's is, a good preview for next week. Yeah, it was a good year. Uh, I think next week we're going to talk about 16 true contenders, and uh, there are some crazy variants to be expected from a lot of these teams, which is why – I don't know how much you like referenced other power rankings, but I was looking at a wide variety, wide variety of them. Like I always do. And this is like the, the least amount of parody I've ever seen, like across the board in preseason power rankings. Like usually preseason power rankings are kind of like 
a dead horse. <laughs> like everybody just sort of the narrative has decided where everybody's pegging everybody. Yeah. Um, but other than like Bills one, Chargers six, and Falcons thirty-two, like those that's like the only three I see yeah. everywhere, basically. So I think that's a sign of a really good season that we're about to have. So yeah, me too. I'm very excited for Same here. football to start in a couple weeks. Oh yeah, I know. I can't believe we're so close. So next week we will um, finish our power rankings, and then we'll have one last preseason episode of NFL is before we get into the the meat and potatoes of this show. NFL is classic. NFL is classic. Picking picking games. Um, so next week we will be back talking about these sixteen Dynamo teams. But until then, my name is Jacob. Oh wait, real quick. Um, we should plug your fantasy show that I was on recently. Yeah, for sure. I mentioned it earlier. Super Fantasy Brothers will be dropping very soon. Finally found some uh, intro music that I want to use. It's got a kick-in logo that we had somebody design for us. So, uh, shout out. I think his name is Dalton. Uh, Cameron can correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, Super Fantasy Brothers is going to be dropping soon. We've got two episodes in the clip. So, uh, should be dropping later this week. So, oh, keep your eye out for it. Yeah, we had our uh, mock draft that we did on this feed last year on the uh, Super Fantasy Brothers feed this year. So um, make sure to tune into that episode for it. Yeah, make sure to listen to that. And uh, I gave a call to action at the end. Send us an email, nssportsmedia.gmail.com, who had the best team. Obviously, it was me, so just let me know that. (laughs) I'll be happy to share with my, my cohorts. Uh, I love, I was explaining to someone the other day all of the podcasts I'm on and then like the giant web of podcasts that have like spun off of like, <laughs> the, the NFL's extended universe basically. <laughs> I, I adore it. Um, I'm oh, so, me too. I'm so excited to listen to the show um, and hopefully be better at fantasy this year. But I want to say to our listeners and also I guess to you, because I don't think we've talked about it, we should still definitely do our like little check-ins. Oh yeah. We're going to check in on our teams for sure. Three weeks still on this show. Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) All right. I think that's going to do it. My name is Jacob Wilkinson. My name is Drew Wade. And remember, vote for me. That's right. Oh my God. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. You were being such a good boy. (laughs) 